Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Illinois is the land of opportunity. Family, community, patriotism are the values that make us strong. But over the last several years, our state has been adrift. Corruption has replaced leadership. I'm running for governor because I believe Illinois can do better. Blagojevich is very much in tune with this part of the district in some ways. He uh, pro-gay rights, pro-abortion uh, pro rights, things like that nature. But his political roots are right out of the old machine. You voted for change. I intend to deliver it. If, if you really believe that, Governor, I think, you know, you would give us already a list of the gifts that you have gotten, the gifts of a $15,000 check allegedly to your daughter. You have the most investigated administration in the history of the state of Illinois, bar none. I was surprised when he came to me and said he wanted to run uh, for governor. Um, and, uh, uh, and he couldn't really articulate for me why. And it goes back to this question of folks who want to do something and folks who want to be something. The Great Blago, part one. Let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters, the podcast that gives you the scams you love from the fraudsters we hate. I'm your co-host, Cena Gazdavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Wow, guys, we are here. Wow. W- yes. With Rod Blagojevich. Blagojevich. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. <laughs> Hot Rod. I like that. He's a hardcore man's man. Governor Rod, best hair in the biz, Blagojevich. You may know Rod from his scandal where he tried to sell President-elect Barack Obama's Senate seat. You may know him (laughs) from his sentence commuted by President Trump. Or you may not know him at all. And if that's the case, I love that for you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yo, I got got Obama's Senate seat for sale. (laughs) 20 for two, two for 10. (laughs) Scout scout in the Senate seat. (laughs) I got this bootleg DVD of Avatar and a Senate seat. Yeah, I want both. What can I do for both? And a stop snitching T-shirt that says, "If you see the police, warn a brother." With a Warner Brothers logo. That I that I would buy it for that. I want that more than the Senate seat, to be honest with you. And a bottle of water. I got a bottle of water too. 
Gotta stay hydrated out in these streets. Blago <laughs> married into a family that launched him from backbench Blago to Governor Blago to inmate Blago number 40892424, who teaches history. In this three-part series, we'll dive deep into how Rod's sausage got made and how his salami got fried. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Tasteful humor. <laughs> pa- pause. Pause. <laughs> pause for uproarious laughter from no, the audience. Pause. Pause no, from the urban sausage. community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sausage is salami. Oh, pause, pause. That pause. That pause. Here we go. <laughs> Representation um, matters. Yes. What is, so we all know how to say his name now, right? I think we've done it enough. Can we say his name? Do we all I know? I think I can do it. And you know I'm so okay. bad at this. Blagojevich. Yeah. There say you his, go. Say his name. Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've been listening to the Cameron podcast. And that's oh, all they hear. Yeah, yeah. right. You that's did tell us that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've all had a lot of practice saying Blagojevich, but my partner, Cosmo, has not. And she's never actually heard of Blagojevich. <laughs> she also doesn't listen to the show. But besides the point, she has to listen to me all the time. It's not a big deal. Here's her trying to pronounce Blagojevich. Blagojevich. Bla- Bla- so try to say it. Rod is his first name. Rod. And then his last name? Blagojevich. Where is the D? Uh, Blagojevich. Blago Dovich? Blago Dovich. Jivich? 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 Blagojevich. Wait, what if I told you it was Blagojevich? Whoa, Blagojevich. Uh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, so it's pretty easy, right? And it's Serbian. That shouldn't be scary to anyone. Blagojevich. Everyone try it at home. Take a minute. Blagojevich. See? Not hard. <laughs> he was the second son of two immigrant parents from Yugoslavia, a country that, much like Blagojevich's political career, no longer exists. Now, some brief history. The Blagos moved to Chicago in 1947. By the way, I love how I just talked about how we sh- it's so easy to say his name, but what you'll notice is that we never say his last name. We're just going to say Blago the entire time. Big B. Because it's just that much easier. So the Blagos moved to Chicago in 1947. They had virtually nothing. They lived in a five-room apartment on the northwest side. His dad was a factory worker. His mom took tickets at the Chicago Transit Authority. Just a few years after they arrived, Chicago would enter the Age of Daly, where Richard Daly would be the mayor and head one of the most powerful political machines in American history. What does that mean? Well, he ran the city for 21 years. <laughs> then his son, Richard M. Daly, held the same office for 22 years until 2011. <laughs> this is the Sopranos of Chicago. I Do you even think people knew a new Daly came into office after the first 21 years? Probably not. They like the name Daly. We're going to stick with what we know. Oh, my The devil God. you know is better than the devil you don't know. People got very upset with Bloomberg taking on on the third term or whatever. This guy was in office for 21 years. Yeah. That's a lot of shaved beef. That's Pause. That's what they they eat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The city of Chicago has the most public corruption convictions of any city in the United States. From 1976 to 2012, in the Northern District of Illinois, the district encompassing the greater Chicago area alone, 
over 1,500 convictions were handed down. <laughs> the, that's so fucking many, by the way. Yeah. That's not, not a long period of time. 70, like, historically speaking, 76 to 2012. <laughs> that's so... That's, <laughs> holy shit. What is it? That's like four... That's like 34, 30-some years, right? Almost uh, 36 years. Jesus. And 1,500 convictions. I can't do the math very easily there, but that's a lot of convictions. The rest of Illinois only logged 300 but together, wow. it's the third most of any state in the country. That's fucking nuts. Wow. I want to know what the uh, what the other states were. It's like uh, um, it's got to be like Louisiana, right? It's got to be like, or like more, Missouri yeah. or something like that. Where it's just no, you know? Missouri, no, Missouri's not. Missouri's super good. No, I would say I would say like Louisiana, New Jersey, and New York. Like yeah, where, where I can it, see that. I see. Yeah, it. yeah. New Jersey, not us. Not New Jersey. <laughs> really we above board. New Jersey. Very above board. <laughs> Blagojevich knew he had to work the system to rise in social status. How does he go from poor immigrant son to governor's mansion? Who does a guy have to sleep with to get somewhere in this city? Pause. Technically, Pause. <laughs> technically, <laughs> that's part of what happened. More on that later, though. According to Rod, when he was a kid, he had tons of odd jobs. He spent time as a shoe shiner and a pizza delivery boy. He got a job at a meatpacking plant and also washed dishes for the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline System. He always was hustling, angling for a better position. When he was 11, he felt like he wasn't getting enough playing time on his Little League baseball team, so he engineered a trade to a different team, despite that being illegal. <laughs> Legality for Rod was always something to be managed. You gotta work the system, people. <laughs> He's like an eleven-year-old general managing himself with his like branch Ricky suit. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> washing money for a local candy dealer. <laughs> in high school, Rod started boxing and even fought in a couple Golden Glove fights. One of his trainers from the time would say that he wasn't a good boxer, but he had heart and he liked to fight. He went 7-1-0 in his career, retiring after his first loss. He wanted to do something where he could only win and never lose, so he parlayed his connections in the sports world into a bookmaking enterprise. Really an honest Rod's business, if you ask me. Okay. Just to be clear, he was not an accountant. He was a bookie. He made his money off the backs of degenerate gamblers. Oh, my Lord. His, his early biography is if Rocky decided to, like, actually not pursue boxing and just kept yeah. taking all of the shadier jobs in the Philadelphia <laughs> underworld. <laughs> Adrian, we hit the numbers. <laughs> you can't do something like that without permission from the people really in charge. And he got his permission from a mobster named Bobby the Boxer. <laughs> whose palms Rod would have to grease in order to keep his racket. You know what? I like you, Rod, because you're a boxer. You know me? I'm Bobby the Boxer. You're a boxer. I'm a boxer. We're boxer squared. Okay? That's what we're going to call it. The boxer squared. Wow. Now, some people call me a boxer because I got big jowls and <laughs> I look like a German dog. But Contrary to popular opinion, I'm Bobby the Boxer because I like to box, not because I like to kill people with a box cutter. That is... <laughs> Is different. Not, not That's my, my father. Not That's my I, father. Not because I turn my head in confusion at the front door when my wife leaves for work. <laughs> but Rod wanted to be on the other side of the law. He wanted a real life. 
Instead of a life jacking money from people on the streets, he fancied a life jacking money from the people in power, a regular Robin Hood. Wow. All of these, though, made him feel like a man of the people. After high school, he went to the University of Tampa for two years in order to boost his GPA, enough to transfer to Northwestern. He boasted about being a mediocre student but received a B.A. in history anyways in 1979. Four years later, he would earn his J.D. It's a law degree, same one I have, from Pepperdine School of Law, very religious school, beautiful campus, by the way. Rod wanted to become a prosecutor and align himself with a fellow Yugoslavian he met through Community Connections. Alderman Edward Verdelak, but that relationship ended badly when Verdelak failed to secure him a prosecutor's position. So I'll be friends with you until you can't do something for me, and then I'm going to move on. That's life. <laughs> yeah. In 1986, he became an assistant state's attorney in Cook County, Illinois, prosecuting traffic and criminal cases. In 1988, Rod went into private practice. Much like his subpar school record, Rob boasted that he wasn't even a good attorney. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not so good. But Rod knew being the best wasn't the only way to get ahead. This like, man I, knew about failing up so early. I like so the way he thinks. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. This appeals to the New Jersey in me. This appeals to me. <laughs> also in 1988, Rod met his new girlfriend, Patty Melt, which is so close to Patty Melt that I'm having a hard time believing any of these names in the story are real. And who was Patty's father? That's right. Alderman Dick Mel. <laughs> Patty's father was a dick, and her husband is a rod. Pause! Pause! <laughs> hey, yo. Can't, hey, can't make yo. this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo. Pause. <laughs> and Alderman is like a city councilman for those that don't know, depending on where you live, right? And they have like different kind of like purviews. Dick Mel was actually vice mayor at the time that Rod met his daughter, which is a position that the city council votes one of its members into. Chicago has 50. Alderman Dick was the top dog. <laughs> when Dick finally retired in 2013, true to form in Chicago politics, his other daughter, Deb, filled his seat. I mean, it's just, it's like crazy nepotism. And what's more, Rod and Patty married in 1990, and it wouldn't take long for the marriage to pay off for Rod. Nepo baby-in-law? Yes, please. <laughs> as an alderman in Chicago, you're only as good as the connection and allies that you have. And there's no more important ally than a state representative. In 1992, Mel was betrayed by his state rep that had been his ally. Remember this about Mel because it'll be important later. Smelling weakness, other party bosses started coming for Dick Mel. U.S. Congressman Dan Rostenkowski <laughs> and fellow alderman Ed Kelly made a deal to freeze Dick Mel out. Mel was facing political emasculation and needed an ally in the state house stat. Dan Rostenkowski, by the way, was no joke. He is a, a loon, a real, real go-getter. Here's a quick clip from Dan Rostenkowski. Have you been chased out of a meeting in your uh, district before, Congressman? Have you been chased out of a meeting in your district before? Have you been chased out of a meeting? Who are you? Go right You think I was chased out of that meeting? It sure looks like it. It is. Then Rostenkowski raced across the street to his waiting car and driver, still pursued by angry senior citizens. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to represent 
Oh, it's so oh, good. Goodness. In the 90s, senior citizens just chasing you, and then you deny that you're being chased out as they're chasing you. It's just. You think I was chased out of there? He got in that man's face. Yeah. He's like, you think I was chased I'm out of I'm just walking out. away from those people. <laughs> Guess who stepped up for Dick, though? The one guy that he knew. <laughs> the one guy. Uh, <laughs> Guess who stepped up for Dick, though? <laughs> Old Rod. That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Boss! <laughs> I'm not going to say it. You just know it. You know I just, what I'm feel thinking. It. Just feel it. That's right. Just feel it. Dick used whatever political capital he had left and backed Rod Blagojevich for state representative. Rod defeated a 14-year vet of the state house and secured Mel a powerful ally. He would later repeat the story while he was campaigning for governor that his mother had sat him down after he won his Senate seat and made him promise to always be honest and never take bribes. Then she added, quote, Now do you think you can get Aunt Daisy's son-in-law a job? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is there another job that requires this much soft corruption that we're just totally okay with? I don't think so. This is just just politics. This soft corruption? I don't know. Feels Soft? pretty hard to hard? me. Hard? <laughs> no. <laughs> Got him! As a state rep, Rod backed many progressive agendas as long as they were also populist. He voted for school funding increases, gay rights, women's rights, and reforms in all branches of government. Ironically, he backed a proposal to require lobbyists to be upfront about how much they had given to members of legislative committees before they testified. So far, so good. I mean, I like Rob so far. Yeah, seems like a nice guy. I feel a Carcetti from the Wire arc coming here. Yeah. Rod won again in 1994, but the Republicans took control of the House. Rod joined a group of young Democrats hoping to distance themselves from the old guard. They called themselves the New Democrats. It didn't amount to much in terms of political power, but it did get some people talking. I assume one of those people was Vince McMahon, because the next year, the WWE debuted the Hulk Hogan-led New World Order. Oh, God. Politics is entertainment, people. Woo! <laughs> the, the, new, uh, the new Democrat sounds like a like uh, English band from the 80s. I was going to say, yeah. I, yeah, I think I saw them in Bushwick in <laughs> 2005. Before it was cool. As for those other Democrats that Rod and his young bloods were trying to distance themselves from, they were getting into some trouble. The U.S. Congressman Ross Dinkowski that had attempted to cut the legs off Dick Mel was indicted on federal corruption charges and as a result lost his 1994 re-election campaign to his Republican opponent. This paved the way for Rod to level up. In 1996, Rod ran for U.S. Congress. Now, a lot was happening in 96. And there's a little great breakdown of this race that I found uh, for Illinois' 5th District on C-SPAN from that time period. So let's listen. It's a bit of a longer clip, but it'll put everything into some nice context for you. This was the district for uh, almost a quarter century of Dan Rostenkowski, the uh, former chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, who uh, pled guilty to some corruption time and uh, corruption uh, uh, and is now uh, doing time in a prison a couple hundred miles that way. When Rostenkowski was still in office, 
several Democrats ran against him in the primary because all this talk about he's in trouble, he's uh, corrupt, he's going to be indicted, uh, it started to spread. But the old machine pulled him through. Uh, but in between the, the primary and the general, his legal problems got worse and worse, so much that anybody but Ross and Cassie could have won. And in fact, that's what happened. Uh, an absolutely unknown attorney who nobody had ever heard of, uh, even most Republicans, name of Michael Patrick Flanagan, uh, <laughs> was a Republican nominee and he beat Rostenkowski and uh, uh, Mr. Flanagan went to Washington. The question now is whether he can hang on to his seat. Um, he is uh, a real sharp guy. Uh, his very good instincts. Wait, pause this. Has pause. I don't like to make fun of what, the way people look, but this man <laughs> looks more Chicago than any human I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, he looks yeah. like that that SNL thing, the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> well, and What's I... That? And I also, yeah, I like, yeah, Chicago and places like that because just like everyone has like, like an insane Irish or Polish name. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to show this on video as well because Representative Michael Flanagan, the Republican from Illinois' fifth district, looks like he is a spawn of Ditka. Um, let's go back to Greg Hines from Crane's Chicago Business, by the way, giving us some more context. To run in what is basically a Democratic, mostly Chicago urban district with Newt Gingrich on his back. And Newt Gingrich is of uh, limited help in this part of the world. Um, the other guy, uh, Rob Boglavich, worst thing about him is his name, which uh, is so bad that he actually did a commercial <laughs> oh during God. the primary trying to spell out this is Boglavich, ha ha ha. They had a couple kids joking. Uh, Boglavich is very much in tune with this part of the district in some ways. He uh, pro-gay rights, pro-abortion uh, pro rights, things like that nature. But his political roots are right out of the old machine. His uh, Rob Boglavich is, uh, is alive as a political factor because his son-in-law, his father-in-law, Dick Mell is the alderman committeeman of the 33rd Ward in the middle of the northwest side. and. Uh, uh, he got written up by the Tribune. There was a big front page story a few days ago about how a machine boss who still knows how to crank it out. Uh, Rod is on the map because his father-in-law is there. And that's one of the issues in this race, just as much as Newt Gingrich is. Uh, you'll, see, uh, you'll see Mr. Flanagan, I think, to some degree, not run not against Blagojevich, but against Blagojevich's evil father-in-law who's pulling the strings. And you'll see uh, Blagojevich run not against Mr. Flanagan, who's kind of a nice guy, actually, but against the evil Newt Gingrich who's telling him what to do. I think this is so incredible because you hear something like, he's the alderman of the Northwest District in the 33rd Ward. It sounds so like specific and, and remote and, and weird, but politics creates this complexity which inherently becomes fraudulent. And so you have a thing that's like a machine and they run everything because how, how are you supposed to keep track of this stuff? Well, it's also – it's just like the size of Chicago, right? So if somebody says uh, – you know, like about New York or something. Oh, he's, you know, the New York's fourth congressional district or something. But it's just like, you know, you, you just have like midtown Manhattan. Yeah. Your, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a specific part of town. But in the but in the context of this, it's like these are major, major urban areas with a ton of money, ton of donors, you know, There's um, so much money. Yeah, and they're good bellwethers for where the if especially in the Democratic Party where it's going to go because they're the most like liberal parts of the Democratic Party, right? And then also talking about how like a machine can create a candidate still, right? And and create a race and create someone that's going to like hold office. And when he was running in this 1996 uh, race for Congress, the Democratic National Convention was hosted in Chicago. 
So this is Bill Clinton's reelection campaign. And Blago was obviously slated to speak. But you remember when Barack Obama gave his big DNC speech? I think it was, what, 2004? Yes. Right? Uh, that was a huge deal. Uh, you know, he got brought out, big fanfare, gave this incredible speech. But who was the opening act for Blago? Jennifer Lopez. No, oh, <laughs> 10x worse. No, nothing worse than that. No, Jay, Joe, Joe Lieberman. Play the play the clip. It's literally the you can't imagine how bad. I'm scared. Ludicrous. OJ. OJ. Carol Mosley Brown wasn't on the podium yesterday, and she said, "I want to see what that macaroon is all about." So let's have a little fun here. Okay, I was close. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. the infamous DNC macarena. The Macarena! It, it, it is the greatest racial disparity in, like, yeah, there's a lot of offbeat. This is this, See, was, yeah. this is not a good moment this, for white people. No, no. <laughs> and this, the one black woman they should, she's like, she's I like, don't know I what's happening. I, she's like, I actually I have no idea. This. You know, some historian is saying the Macarena as a, probably a phenomenon was probably like, they're probably saying that was the prelude to like reggaeton yeah. take, taking over the world. They're like, the Daddy Yankee. Wave. Yeah, yeah. They were like the Macarena was like the the trial balloon. Yeah. For, for Before Bad Bunny, Daddy Yankee, Pitbull. <laughs> yeah. There's something to that. Well, that's the next episode. We'll talk about that. All right. But listen, you can't keep Rod down. He wins this race. <laughs> and in a particularly <laughs> nasty primary. <laughs> oh, God. Does Rod is always alert. <laughs> Rod leaned on Dick Mal (laughs) and his political clout. But he was in the house now, and Dick Mel felt it was time for a little payback. But whatever Dick Mel wanted, Rod didn't kiss the ring enough, and their relationship began to disintegrate. We'll be right back after this. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. 
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Welcome back. There are some in the house that work hard for their constituents. Toe the party line, shun the spotlight. Blago was not one of these people. Rod liked headlines. Rod likes the perception of action. In 1999, against the wishes of the Clinton machine, Rod and fellow spotlight enthusiast Jesse Jackson traveled to Kosovo to negotiate the release of three U.S. servicemen who had been held captive as political prisoners. Clinton considered the visit an intrusion into his public policy domain. Okay, what? What? It's like we went from the Macarena to him speaking to, okay, um... He's going to Kosovo? <laughs> and you know, it's like a, you know, for for like him going back to the Balkans, uh, right? You know, it's like kind of like a Sopranos moment where they go back to Italy. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, this is his thing. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to go talk to my people. I could do this, guys. I could do this. If, for those that don't know, the Kosovo War was fought between a Kosovo rebel group called the Kosovo Liberation Army and the Yugoslavian government. Majority of ethnic Albanians were seeking independence from Yugoslavian repression in Kosovo. The war also included a NATO bombing campaign against Yugoslav forces, which the Clinton administration was key in the planning of. Very important, our intervention in the Balkans, because it's the time that we actually went to war to preserve Muslim lives. Yeah. Well, we don't do that anymore. Wow, yeah, we definitely don't do that. <laughs> Now we've got some clips from the AP documenting this monumental moment. Oh, I can't wait. I'm the only person in the government who's going on this trip. And so what I need to do is be very careful and very clear that I'm only there for one purpose, and that is to try to help our soldiers, see them, convey messages to them, and then do what I can to assist and join Reverend Jackson in the efforts to get them released. He just, it's not about him. Guys, it's not about him. It's not? It's about the soldiers. It's about the troops. I didn't know he went on this trip. I remember Jesse Jackson going over there. Um, you know, because like uh, Chris Rock has that joke about it, right? He's like, what did Jesse Jackson say to them to get him to give up them troops? What did Jesse Jackson say? He said, you really want America to be mad at you? Get him. Give me them troops. <laughs> That's a really good Chris Rock impression. All you do is just repeat the the premise That's like true. three times. Rod talking about the soldiers here being released and the reactions to seeing him and Reverend Jesse Jackson. Let's see. Let's see this clip. Sergeant Stone was the first one to see us. He's from Michigan. He's the one with the bruise on his forehead that's healing and with the birthmark. And he walked into the room, just to give you a sense of this, in his fatigues, in his uniform, uh, not knowing where he was going, because he had this confused look on his face. Walked in, saw the New York Times reporter, and then he saw a guy in a suit who happened to be me, and then he saw Reverend Jackson, and you should have seen his face light up, because he realized this was an important person whom he knew, and he knew there were people who were thinking about him, and that someone was working on his behalf and on his colleague's behalf to see about securing their release. Imagine seeing Jesse <laughs> That's Jackson. That's what Jesse Jackson. Just been yeah. in prison like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. 
you're, you're a white soldier. And you're like, like I've never God. been happier to see a black civil rights leader. <laughs> if Jesse's here, I know I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Oh, my God. So he got tired of being caught in Congress, which is notable. And he decided, OK, what's the next step? I should run for governor. Ron's primary focus, though, was gun control. And he spearheaded a series of incremental initiatives to that end. Celebrated in the Democratic enclaves of the state, Rod would have to maneuver around his record when campaigning for governor in the southern gun friendly areas of Illinois. Here's Rod's ad about getting it done for his campaign as governor. Illinois is the land of opportunity. Family, community, patriotism are the values that make us strong. But over the last several years, our state has been adrift. Corruption has replaced leadership. I'm running for governor because I believe Illinois can do better. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's focus on doing what's right. Creating jobs, improving schools, and making health care affordable. It's up to us. Let's get it done. Blagojevich means opportunity for all of Illinois. Blagojevich in Serbia means means. opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is one hell of a Blagojevich. Thank you for all that. I I like a Chicago politics because, yeah, is, you know, there's this like upstate downstate dynamic. So it's totally this repackaging of a Chicago guy as somebody who can try to peel off enough of the rural vote to win the governor. Yeah, let's uh, let's film you in some grass. That'll, that'll <laughs> People love that. People yeah. love that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, though. Rod the Bod with the God from God won the race and Ooh. became governor in 2001 for the state of Illinois. Here's his inaugural address from C-SPAN. Some will say it is time to merely manage problems, not solve them. A time to give up on our dreams, not pursue them. I say we must move forward, as Illinois has always done in times of crisis. We will meet our challenges head on, and we will do it by rejecting the politics of mediocrity and corruption. You voted for change. I intend to deliver it. It's super interesting that his whole platform was fighting corruption. Like the whole thing. Yeah. Constantly talking about corruption. Hey, I takes one to know one. You gotta I just. Mean, I guess so. <laughs> also, it's interesting. You know. like, his perspective on just like, this is a moment of crisis and change. Like, all campaigns have to be about change. Yeah. yeah. And then once you're like already in office, it's about continuing how great everything is. Yeah. Let's go to this other clip. He's talking about Illinois as, a, as state pioneers and talks about values. We are, after all, a state of pioneers. In the early 1800s, against the toughest of odds, settlers came to the prairies of the Illinois Territory and with slaughtered the dream its indigenous of people. a better life. We the are Oregon Trail values, values that still endure. Abraham Lincoln didn't just happen to come of age in Illinois. He drew his strength from our state and our state drew its strength from him. I don't know. About Let that. us never forget that when our nation was most divided, it was Illinois that united and led. We are also a state of working families. We know there is honor in working hard. There is dignity in making steel, cars, machine tools, software, in cleaning a school, teaching a class, plowing the field, mining for coal, nursing a patient, driving a truck, patrolling our streets, providing daycare, working the third shift. As it is said, 
As it is said in Proverbs, man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. If we will stand for anything in this new administration, we will stand for this opportunity. We will stand with the working families for the right to earn a good living wage. And we will work. People are so just. Yeah. And we will work as hard as you do to make the American dream real for all of Illinois. We are a great state of commerce and innovation. Our administration will honor work and we will help those who create that work. I've never understood those people who love jobs but hate business. I will be a pro-growth governor. We will help small businesses grow. We will nurture an entrepreneurial spirit that fuels innovation and growth. We will work to bring opportunity to every part of Illinois. You can see why people like this guy. Yeah, he literally listed every job in Chicago. Every job. <laughs> every single fucking job. So the hot dog salesman at Wrigley Field. You know, like he, what the... I know, I really wanted him to do like a rap song. I guess that was before it's time. Yeah. With all the jobs in Illinois. And you know, my favorite part is when they they switch into a different language. Here's a clip of him getting into some Espanol. Oh, I love that. Oh. I love that too. Give me oh, more white, of that. White Spanish is, oh yeah. This is the best, is the only Spanish. <laughs> Let us work to reaffirm the truth that we are stronger together than we are apart. We are one <laughs> Illinois. Together, we will change things for people. Crushing it. Juntos haremos nuestro estado mucho mejor para todos. Oh! Wow! Let's go! Play that again. Selecta! Roll that back! Juntos haremos nuestro estado mucho mejor para todos. I think it's just together we're going to make everything better for everyone. Yeah. Together, forever. Together, for forever. Forever, forever. Just a basic thing. I like how, like, uh, like uh, white liberals of the 90s came out of this machine. It's like, uh, it's like still very much, it's like, are you JFK-ish? Yeah. It's yeah. Like oh, God. totally like, like what all of these guys look like. It's like JFK's, uh, like, legacy in the Democratic Party is so, so big that it's all, it's all like tall, like, guys with a good head of hair. Yeah. They're pretty yep. good. Lo- they're pretty good looking, right? It's, it's, it's a thing that's not really around anymore. Illinois has a absolutely awful track record of picking corrupt governors. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> Otto Kerner, governor from 1961 to 1968. A war vet, son of a U.S. District, son of a U.S. District Attorney, went to prison for purchasing stock of a racetrack at a discount in exchange <laughs> for ensuring that the track got the prime race days <laughs> and not one but two highway exits added for convenience. Kid, what? <laughs> like the shadiest business, a racetrack in the 1960s. It's like that. There's no way in the world the mafia wasn't involved in that. <laughs> yeah, and you built. Infrastructure to get to that racetrack that's still there today. I bet I don't know. We didn't. I don't know if it is, but I'm sure you don't just tear down a highway exit. Oh yeah, why but, are there so many exits to get to this racetrack? Hmm. Oh yeah, the Sam Giacana exit to recreational activities is still there. <laughs> yeah. 
Dan Walker, governor from 1973 to 1977, a real man of the people. He walked nearly 1,200 miles across Illinois during the campaign. He was convicted after he left office of a $1.4 million scam in 1987 where he was using savings and loans companies as his personal piggy bank. And I think at one point we do need to do the savings and loan scandal of the 80s. Oh, yeah. was pretty wild. Yeah, John McCain's in it. It's good. Yep. Everyone, everyone got a piece. George Ryan, governor from 1999 to 2003, a Republican governor who's cleared the state's death row and condemned a Republican governor who cleared the state's death row, as not by killing them, but like <laughs> taking them out of death row <laughs> and, and condemned capital punishment, which sounds incredible. He was convicted of taking bribes for giving out trucking licenses and other modes of access to his office. What's the problem with a trucking license? I know. Oh. Yeah. Well, the scan resulted in several deaths from improperly licensed drivers. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this guy sounds great. Like, what's yeah. the problem? What is the big deal? This is how I'm easily scammed because I'm like, everything in the front load sounds great. What's the problem? Yeah, I'd vote for him. Yeah, and then... People die. They need more trucks, then they drive right to your house. <laughs> and George Ryan, mind you, that was that was the previous governor. And then Blago comes in, governor from 2003 to 2009. I, c- come on, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay, but how did Blago actually win, though? Well, he started by just raising a lot more money than everyone else. That's the key to politics, right? This worked to dissuade any political rivals from entering the race 
Once they saw this motherfucker got stacks on racks. He also spent much of his time attempting to sway downstaters. That's a term for people in the southern part of Illinois who tend to be more conservative. He also took the interesting tactic of trying to align his opponent, Jim Ryan, with the previously disgraced governor, George Ryan. They are not related, but they do have the same name. Unfortunately for many voters, this is a great tactic. Their names weren't the only thing that Rod was comparing from the two Ryans. Pause. <laughs> However, <laughs> opponent is all over the script. It's like, I don't even know where I'm landing. I may step on a rod. Opponent mm-hmm. Jim Ryan mm-hmm. <laughs> had, had been the attorney general at the time of disgraced ex-governor George Ryan's scandal. Bogoyevich repeated that Jim Ryan should have investigated George Ryan while he was attorney general. I don't know. He probably should have. Do I like Rod Bogoyevich? Maybe. So far, I do. So not far, not, so he's far. done nothing wrong. Yeah, he's done nothing wrong. He's, he's, actually, he's actually pretty cool for the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> He likes he's the gays. Hip. He's pro-choice. Like, I'm into it. I'm invested. He's pro-gun control. He's, yeah. Yeah. What's the problem? I don't know. We'll find out. He oh, hangs man. out with Jesse Jackson. Yeah. He, What's wrong with that? Nothing so far. <laughs> His election was tough, and even though he won, he made some enemies in the statewide Democratic Party. Illinois Democrat Chairman Michael Madigan was one of these enemies. During the campaign, Rod took aim at the chairman's office, claiming they were misusing state workers. Celebrity political analyst and podcaster David Axelrod worked for non-Axelrod Blagojevich <laughs> when he was a state legislator. Let's. Uh, there's a quick clip here, again from C-SPAN, of David Axelrod talking with uh, James Warren about Rod Blagojevich and, and why he even helped him. Uh, let's go now distinctly local. Um, Rod Bogoyevich, um, why did you help him become a congressman, but very clearly not governor? Well, um, I helped him become a congressman because I thought he would be a good congressman, a good representative for that district. Um, uh, I did not see in him the qualities for executive leadership. Uh, and I was surprised when he came to me and said he wanted to run uh, for governor, um, and uh, uh, and he couldn't really articulate for me why. And it goes back to this question of folks who want to do something and folks who want to be something, uh, particularly when you're running for an office like that. Um, you ought to know what you want to do. You ought to know why you're doing it, and it can't just be that it's cool to be governor. Damn, it can't. Um, and uh, and so I just, you know, I, I just felt I couldn't I couldn't be with that program. And, uh, you know, and I told him that. And that was in many ways the end of our uh, end of our relationship. Yeah, I guess Barack Obama had a better pitch for him. He's like, yeah, well, I want to be uh, the first black president of all time and uh, pass health care reform. As, uh, Sold. Uh, all right. Now, that's a pitch, kid. I think you actually can do something. How do you not? How do you not able to be? How do you? How are you not able to articulate why you want to be fucking governor? I mean, we saw his little, his little speech, his little list speech. He's just not very good rod, at rod speech. Yeah, little rod speech. L- little rod. He's just not very good at the uh, the explaining of it all. 
He he. It's mostly fluff. If yeah. you really pay attention to him, he's mostly just fluff. It's he's, it's consul- it's consultant speech. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's one writing essays like when you're in college and you have to like fluff up the paper so you add spaces and make the letters bigger so that it looks like you did 20 pages that's him he's yeah he's a good he's a good head of hair with some connections in chicago yeah there was um a great podcast that this radio station wbez in chicago put out called public official a and here's a quick clip from Peter Giangreco, a political media consultant for Rod at that time. Consultant Pete Giangreco joined the Blagojevich campaign early when Rod seemed like a long shot. People weren't taking his phone calls. They were like, ah, he's kind of a schmucko, blah, blah, blah. He was not taken seriously. And then Rod amassed a giant war chest. He all of a sudden became real. People were like, hey, you got to take this guy seriously. And that was the lesson that he probably overlearned, which was that money was power. The equation that somehow money took him from a backbencher to governor, he became obsessed about it. Wow, look at that. Obsessed with money. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think that leads to any problems, does it? Mo money, mo problems, as Mace said once. Another enemy Rod had made was the man whom he would be nothing without, his own father-in-law, Alderman Dick Mel. Mel thought he was being kept out of Rod's inner circle. How dare he, after all he had done for Rod... Of course, their relationship had always been mutually beneficial, but Dick wanted more. Dick stumped hard for Rod. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. By 2004, their relationship was seemingly irreparable. In 2005, their feud would bubble up at a family dinner. Mel was resentful of Rod that he had been distanced. This is where it all starts to come apart for Blagojevich. One shitty dinner. The dinner centered around a landfill run by a cousin of Mel's wife. Apparently, Rod overheard the cousin at a family dinner bragging that he let his customers dump illegal debris at the site due to his close relationship with both the alderman and the governor. Rod tried to get it shut down for environmental reasons. Eventually, it would reopen. But can you imagine this dinner? I don't have to imagine this dinner. I saw this episode of The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> this is an episode about it. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, the asbestos plot line yeah. from season six. Yeah. <laughs> After this dinner, Dick Mel would speak a little too emotionally to a reporter. After all, he had his last protege do this exact same thing with him. Remember earlier I said, don't forget, he got burned once already. Now he felt like it was all happening again. And he popped off to a reporter. And we actually have from the WBEZ is the, the, the outlet that broke this and who Dick Mel spoke with. So let's play the clip from them and you'll hear what Dick Mel ended up saying. It was my dad who was angry. Well, it's all about the stupid landfill, right? Mm-hmm. Cousin Frankie, whoever this, you know, who I met like maybe twice in my life. My mother's second cousin had this like landfill Cousin Frankie supposedly was telling people, you can dump whatever you want into that landfill because I'm cousins with the first lady, you know? So that gets back to us. And now what does Rod do? You know, obviously he knows this now, he can't ignore it. He shut the landfill down and my dad got pissed off and he was in Florida and somebody told him that 
I don't know how it happened, but my dad made this like accusation that Chris Kelly was selling boards and commission seats for $50,000. I don't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. That accusation that Dick Mel made became a scoop that our City Hall reporter and I broke in the Sun-Times. My colleague, Fran Spielman, talked to Mel on the phone. He was ranting about his son-in-law, the landfill, and cousin Frankie. Mel was letting it rip with a long list of complaints. Things like, Rod throws anyone under the bus. He uses people, and he used me. He uses everybody, and when there's no more use, he discards them. Mel then complained that he'd been displaced by fundraising chief Chris Kelly. Dick compared himself to a spurned spouse, replaced by a trophy wife. And then he said the damning part, that Chris Kelly traded gubernatorial appointments to state boards for $50,000 checks to the governor's political fund. So this is crazy. I mean, Mel went on uh, the record in an interview with the Chicago Tribune as well to accuse Rod of, quote, destroying our family and saying the closing was a highly personal vendetta carried out against him, the closing of, of the landfill. He further accused Rod of taking extreme steps to foster a public image of a white knight reformer. And then years later, of course, Mel would go further saying, quote, worst decision of my life to put that guy up for governor. In 2006, our man Rod won re-election. In fact, he was the first Democratic governor to win two terms since 1964. Sure, he was a bit consumed with scandals, but what successful Illinois politician didn't have a few apologies to make? At least he had kept his promises. He didn't raise income taxes. He also had some good wins like funding preschool for low-income children. Of course, he was helped a bit by how batshit his Republican contender was, Judy Barr Topinka. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like this. The Illinois runs crazy people uh, yeah. in the Republican Party because it's a blue state, so they don't put any thing in it. Like, uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah, be- they're not backing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's just like whoever wants to be the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> Judy was a comp troller, right? So she And she played the accordion, wore <laughs> thrift store clothes, <laughs> And carried around a cup of gas station coffee constantly. Oh, my God. She sounds oh. just like me. <laughs> I literally love her. She's she's either crazy or just lives in Bushwick. Yeah. This is- yeah. <laughs> Along with these many quirks, Judy was honest and forthright, speaking in harsh words. And they all said she told it like it is. Especially I'm... when it came to ethnic minorities. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going to say I'm a fan of Judy Topinko, but I didn't know that she's uh, racist. No, I didn't know. I'm just, assu- I'm, just, I'm just assuming. We're just assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is just us. Usually being. a Republican candidate in Illinois that tells it like it is usually has some very strong opinions about Chicago's yeah. South Side. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> These thugs on the South Side. All right, let's play this quick clip from uh, C-SPAN and, and Judy. Love, shout out to C-SPAN, by the way. Damn, I love you guys. This is Judy uh, giving a response to Rod's opening remarks at the 2006 gubernatorial debate. Well, I I think it's very difficult for this administration and the governor here to say that they have had all this transparency, that they've come back in on the white horse and done all these things, because really and truly, what do we we know here? If if you really believe that, Governor, I think, you know, you would give us already a list of the gifts that you have gotten, the gifts of a $15,000 check allegedly to your daughter, which all I ask is that, you know, and you could clear this up just right tonight and say you were going to tell us where that was deposited. So that's off the table. Now we hear about, 
you know, a, a, a kind of a, a strange deal about your property taxes. You have the most investigated administration in the history of the state of Illinois, bar none. Your personal finances are being questioned by the FBI. You know, you <laughs> said you were going to solve the problems of the state. In fact, you said they are solved. And yet, here we are. And, and you know, we have the U.S. attorney consistently chasing after you and your, your contributors and, and making allegations, he, including calling you public official A. Damn. A lot there. We'll actually get to the fifteen thousand uh, dollar check as well. There. I never thought I'd be on the side of a Republican from Illinois, but I'm yeah, like, she's right. yeah, right. she's kind of. By right. the way, girl. Boss, in that shot, I don't boss. know if you noticed the large cup of McDonald's coffee yeah. with the straw at the top. Yeah. You know, God bless. She's just like my God abuelo God. loves yeah. McDonald's coffee. There's something about it. Hell yeah. If if you don't burn your mouth off with a straw, right? Then... <laughs> the McCafe. What are we doing? Judy Bartopinko is either someone who quit the Republican Party when Trump came around or her net presence is like unsettling since then. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I like tra- tracing 90s Republicans, because they're they're like mostly a reasonable party with, you know, outside of a few hot button issues. But like now it's like now it's like you have to be insane to be in that party. Yeah. You're either on the scam train or you're not. Yeah. 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 Here's another clip from Judy speaking at a rally in 2006 when she was running for governor and being a problematic queen. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh-oh, Christian County. We're, we're sitting on a gold mine in terms of coal and alternative energy. And, and with the things we can do, we can make this the alternative energy capital of the United States. We can make this such a central point of mobility between the coast and between all the trade that goes on now globally. What we can do to provide energy for a whole world and also to get us away from, from the dependence that we have on oil and the crazies out there in the Middle East that would want to kill us. For God's sake. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Gotta get the, okay, the crazies in the Middle East that are trying to kill us. Yes. I see. I take back everything nice I ever said about Judy Bar Topinka. Please delete. Well, I mean, not yeah. for nothing. There are some crazies in the Middle East. Let's not. There's let's crazies not everywhere. Around. Let's not do that. I won't allow yeah. Judy Topinka to, to paint the Middle East. But we're not, we're not importing energy from Al Qaeda. We're importing mm-hmm. it from uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. The best of Judy Bar Topinka. I love these things. It's just so great. Oh, God. WICS ABC 20 put this out after she passed away. Aww. Well, calling her fellow Republican candidates morons and saying Rod Blagojevich had, quote, weasel eyes were just two examples <laughs> of memorable lines delivered by Judy Bartopinka. That's right. She was never one to hold back. Those remarks came during Topinka's unsuccessful run for governor in 2006. She sat down with News Channel 20 before she was reelected as comptroller last month, winning against Lieutenant Governor Sheila Simon. Now this morning, we bring you the best of Judy Bartopinka. We've really done a lot with what was kind of a sleepy office. Well, it sleeps no more. The lion does not sleep all night. You know, it's that old folk song, the lion sleeps tonight. No longer. We're moving. She, she got a highlight reel on ABC. A wee moet. I like it. I, I, you know, I'm on the fence about it. I don't like yeah. that. Uh, I don't like the the sort of racist uh, fear trope about the Middle East and Christian County, but I yeah. do like her referring to herself as a lion who's waking up to comp troll. Rawr. Yeah, I like her. I like her energy. But here's the here's the crazy thing about Judy, though. 
She only spent $9 million on her campaign against Rod's $27 million. It's way too much money just, in American politics. Yeah, you're just not going to win. You get spent, outspent by 3x. Wow. Immediately following his big second victory, it was later revealed on wiretaps that Rod was downtrodden and compared himself to Nixon, saying, quote, it's good to get reaffirmed by the people. That means a lot to me. And it cuts into the depression. But it still feels almost like Nixon after he was reelected. Fucking angry the next day, depressed, people were leaving, and and I was getting kind of stuck into this four-year deal, end quote. And that, that's also like Nixon's core character flaw, right, is like the the way he had personalized politics to the degree that it like destroys his presidency. Yeah. This is just like a stand-up not being satisfied until the next show. Where he needs he needs the adulation of the fans. Give me that next laugh. Yeah, and just don't, you don't understand that you've done you've pulled a magic trick. Like you've you've gotten reelected governor of a major American state. Like you don't. What are you like sad about? Like you're not particularly yeah. great at anything. It's weird because like you would think he's a narcissist and he has to be to a certain extent to do this, but he's so insecure at the same time. Well, narcissists are insecure. They like feed off other people's energy. They're feeding off, yeah. you know, the adulation, as you said, of, of others. And they have to find their next victim. Really does have to catch that next high. Yeah. Maybe if it was 2023, Bogoyevich could have joined Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman in getting some help with his depression. But this was 20 years ago. And Rod was drowning in a sea of machismo. <laughs> his behavior began to grow more and more erratic. According to his deputy governor, Rod would only spend a handful of hours per week in the office. He was de Blasio-esque for the New Yorkers who are listening, which meant he would work out half the day and avoid doing his job during business hours as much as humanly possible. And when important <laughs> legislation needed to be discussed and debated, Rod would just leave. He'd often hide in the bathroom. But I bet his private bathroom was much nicer than the bathroom you're imagining. <laughs> He got a few things done, but not nearly as much as his first term. He funded free transit rides for senior citizens, and people seemed to like that. But it wasn't enough for Rod. At this point in the program, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, this Rod guy doesn't seem so bad. I don't know why these assholes over here at Friedster's Pod want to jump all over my guy. I love Rod Bukovic. I'm in love with him. Thank you, Pee-wee. A lot of you are saying that. And you say yeah, a lot of you. This is my peewee. Yeah. <laughs> Rod's peewee? Yeah, Rod's go. peewee. Oh. <laughs> oh. Got him. Whoa. A lot of you are saying Whoa. stuff like that right now, I'm sure. But we haven't gone over his real crimes yet. You're so impatient. Did you know that he and his wife spent more than $400,000 on their clothing budget during his seven years in office? Does that seem like a lot? No. They actually spent more on clothing between 2002 and 2008 than on anything else. Does that sound cool? Maybe it does. $400,000 on clothing is insane. In I spent that a month. Hey. On clothing that I don't a even month. wear. Just you in my closet. You should not have a starter home budget. <laughs> For clothing. Of, of clothing, yeah. That's why I don't have a starter home. Next week for part two of our Rod Stravaganza, where we will detail all the reasons you should fall out of love with Rod. I know it's tough. He's cute, but he is very bad. 
Lock up your daughters with trust funds, people. We'll get into this more next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Fraudsters. Follow us on your favorite social media platform and podcast platform. Check out the show notes for the show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Fraudsters is hosted by me, Cena Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Fraudsters is produced by Jordan LaConcia, written by Nick Turner, and edited by Ryan Connor. Noreen Malik is our production coordinator. Research was provided by Patrick Fisher. Legal research by Robert Resigliano. Music by Grant Gordon. The executive producer is me, Cena Gazdavi, and this has been a production of Zero Cool and The Last Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.